there, folks, and welcome to Eddie and Caleb's Zerocast. Of course, as always, my name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. That's I am Caleb and then another B. Follow my friend, co-host, and producer, Eddie Cornelison at EBBYC85. Follow the show at EC underscore Hero. Our Instagram is ECHeroCast and our Gmail, ECHeroCast at gmail.com. Let me see here. This is episode 123. The recording date is Thursday, August 18, roughly 5.14 Central Time in the PM. And, uh, Eddie, today we are here to review RoboCop, the 2014 remake. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. I'm just doing my vocal warm-ups, because that's how you start a show. That's really getting the people interested. <laughs> yeah. You liked uh, you liked uh, Black Bill O'Reilly? No, I did not. Mm. That was... In case you, like, because, okay, I get it. It's been eight years, and, like, Bill O'Reilly is canceled and doesn't exist anymore. But, like, I immediately clocked, as someone who grew up in a Fox News household... Oh, they're doing a Bill O'Reilly parody. Gotcha. It was, uh, and I get it. You know, the original had the, the the smiling news anchors as they reported on these terrible things. Like, well, you know. It, yeah. Uh, what was it? Like, uh, you know, nuclear war out in the Russia. They, uh, tens of thousands died. <laughs> anyway, like that kind of stuff. Uh, so I get it. They were trying to yeah. do something like that, but uh, I don't know. They here's the thing: they should have removed all homage to the original, just because like they did, like they completely, almost completely changed up the uh, the format to the film compared to the original. But they kept little winks and nods and everything. Like there was the "I wouldn't buy that for a dollar," and there was other lines in there, and just like you've completely changed the tone. This is PG-13. It's not rated R. Like, just remove the homage, and I get it's a remake, but try to be your own thing. Yeah, this... Here's the thing. When you're going to do a remake, you got to realize people are going to compare it to the original. Exactly. And at what point, when you're writing this script, did you think, yeah, this is about as good as the original, and if you thought that, you should not have a job. And if you didn't think that, then you should have made it as good as the original. Yeah. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, yeah, the PG-13 was a real problem. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, the first RoboCop is notoriously violent. So much so that it originally got that X rating, and they had to dial it back a little bit. I think they cut mm-hmm. out, like, I don't know, 18 seconds or something. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this one, I don't know. I wouldn't even say it was close to R. I mean, they didn't even no. let Samuel L. Jackson drop an F-bomb. Yeah, not only that, and... Uh, and you get one for a PG-13 movie. Exactly. But uh. not only that, it's like even the... Rick almost said Rick Flag. Uh, Alex Murphy <laughs> death scene, you just see a wide shot of it. <sighs> yeah. Whereas, like, that was really graphic and mean-spirited in the, the original. 
Oh, the original is, you know, that's, I don't know. I guess I can bring it up now. But specifically, like, the original Alex Murphy death, like, that was super just, like, drawn out, and like I said, just mean-spirited. Well, technically, this didn't even kill him. Yeah. He was alive. Uh, Post-surgery, he wouldn't be alive without the RoboCop suit, but he technically could have been. They just said he would lead a pretty miserable life, but, um, yeah, so the the attack didn't even kill him in this movie, but, uh, yeah, that was the other thing. The first RoboCop, I was watching a thing on it today, because this movie made me want to watch the original. <laughs> there were so many great deaths in the original movie. You had, I'm going to try to remember them off the top of my head, you had Can You Fly, Bobby? great death scene and even if you haven't seen the movie in 10 15 years you'll still remember some of these i I guarantee it but you had can you fly bobby great death scene you had alex murphy getting turned to swiss cheese you had the ed 209 in the boardroom with the uh with the guy who drops the gun and the ed 209 doesn't register that still shoots up turns him into swiss cheese yeah Uh, you have the guy getting blown up after bitches leave classic line (laughs) Uh, you had the guy that gets dunked into like toxic waste and gets mutated and run over by a truck and explodes. Always a always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Uh, you had Clarence getting stabbed with a spike in the neck. That was a good. And then you had the terrible effects of uh, Dick Jones falling out the window with his giant arms, uh, which looked goofy, but you remember it and you remember the dude in the boardroom just like giving a fist pump after it. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, this movie had no memorable deaths. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, and I just... But, that, this, the first one had so many, and you can't even come up with one. Like, even for Rorschach, he couldn't get a cool death? Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Exactly. <sighs> anyway, let's do our preamble. So, this was released on February 12, 2014. This was directed by Jose Padilla. Going into the time capsule real quick, uh, this weekend, around this weekend, I went to Stillwater to watch OSU play OU in a basketball game, a Bedlam basketball game. That was the good news. The bad news is this was one of the three games that Marcus Smart was suspended. So didn't get to see a a future first-round draft pick play a game in person. Oh, that's too bad. It is too bad. I took a trip as well, all the way over to Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, nice. Yeah, this was a, I, it was a, a Stone Sour concert in the area. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think Cincinnati was sold out, and Cleveland was, for some reason, they were way expensive, like more than they should be. And I was like, well... I can try Fort Wayne, and they were affordable. And the day of, there was a big blizzard, and I was like waffling if I should go or not. I put the tickets on Facebook. I'm like, I might go, but I don't know. I ended up going and uh, drove through some really remote areas of uh, northwest Ohio, even a town where, and here's how bad the snow was. There was a town, like a one-stop sign town, where like there were people riding snow snowmobiles in the street, so... And uh, I eventually got there, and it was a great show. And on the way back, I was very close to running out of gas. 
because uh, all the gas stations were closed, and I luckily found one. But uh, yeah, I, I might have died if I'd have run out of gas because I would have froze to death. So it's a good thing I didn't. And uh, that would have been what a I more, did. That would have been a more memorable death than any of the deaths in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like local Columbus or man from Columbus froze to death. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there was a mm. speedway right next, uh, right next to a racks, which I didn't even know existed anymore. But apparently, they do in the outskirts of Ohio. Yes. Hey, number one song at this time by digital download, "Dark Horse" by Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. Mm. You familiar? No, I'm not. Really? Maybe. If you sing a few bars. No, I'm not going to do that. Good song. Good song. Champions in Wrestling. And uh, I've decided, because this is like right before the network era, like right before, like a week, maybe two weeks before the WWE Network officially launched. So I've decided I'm going to start including the NXT champion in the uh, little list here. Excellent. What was the first thing you watched on the network? Uh, funny enough, it would have been the NXT Arrival show that was main evented by Bo Dallas and uh, Neville for the NXT Championship. Mine was a roundtable on horrible gimmicks. Interesting. It was. Interesting. Oh, uh, so, okay, the first thing I tried to watch was, like, a random WCW pay-per-view. And this was when the network, like, didn't, like, the... The archives didn't hardly work on Roku, because I don't know if you remember this. The network was, like, irreparably broken for, like, the first month. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the live feed worked, but, like, the network, like, the archives were god-awful. You could barely get into anything for more than, like, five minutes at a time. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, speaking of, like I said, champions in wrestling at the time, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, that's right, they got unified. At this time. About so one time. Do it again. One, one champion on the main roster. they already done it again. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but get rid of the split. Make it official. I get you. Anyway, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Randy Orton, NXT Champion, previously mentioned, and Bo Dallas. Bo Lee. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, well, here's the thing. Bo Dallas was not long for the network era as champion. Uh, ROH. He was World hilarious. Champion. Yeah. Underrated. Bo Dallas, yeah, I love the uh, the unbofeated gimmick. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially, do you remember the match he had with El Torito? I do. I laughed he, so hard I fell over when he knocked him over. Yeah, because he did the victory lap and he, <laughs> he ran over him. He oh had like there'd be chance the Bo Bo leave came from the fans chanting him to leave, and he'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, Bo leaving me," and then. Yeah. They'd say no more Bo, and he'd be like, "Oh, you want to know more about me?" So yeah, good, it, underrated. It, yeah, yeah, the Bo Dallas in NXT, like that's hilarious, man. Like that. Yeah, it wasn't the, a main event gimmick on the main roster, but it it didn't get a so, chance. I would say go back. You have to watch NXT from 2014. Uh, go back and watch Bo Dallas versus Biggie. It's from like a June 2014 NXT. And it's like, if Bo loses, he has to leave NXT, was the thing. And then Bo loses, and it's like a whole, like, he's trying to, like, escape security, and yeah. it's it's gold. Rehire it's, him, Triple H. 
Yeah, rehire. Come on, come on, Triple H, rehire Bo Dallas. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, ROH World Champion Adam Cole, Bebe. Yeah. And TNA World Heavyweight Champion, official, official Magnus. Mm. Well, that was a good try. <laughs> yeah, it was something, something. Nick Aldis, whatever you want to call him. Either way, that's that's the time capsule. And I guess with that, we can get into facts and figures. Yeah, budget hundred million, box office two forty two point six million, which is uh, one forty two point six million. Inflation one seventy eight point five million. Puts it right between Mask of Zorro, that's the good one, and right above Superman two, also a good one. You know what else is a good one? What? You. Okay. Wow, learn how to take compliments, dude. Very close on the Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 48. Fans, 49. Ah! I know. I wanted a Scorigami so bad. I know. It sucks. Have you seen this movie before? What is your history with it? (laughs) Uh, Rented it on Redbox, uh, watched half of it, and then turned it off. All right. Yeah. I was very excited for it when I first heard about it because, you know, the original is an all-time favorite of mine. Yeah. And I was like, okay, bring it up to date with modern special effects. That should be cool. And then they even announced that they were going to get, uh, this was before they had even a cast or what, that you know, anything. And they announced that uh, Hugh Lowry, fresh off of House, was going to be the Dick Jones character, the leader of uh, OCP. And I was like, that mm. sounds awesome. And um, You down with OCP? Yeah. They run the police. Yeah. And, yeah, I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And then, I guess the contract fell through, so they got Michael Keaton. And, look, Michael Keaton's great, all-time great actor. But He's freaking of- and come on, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love Michael Keaton. He was good oh, at this, but... Speaking of, are we going to review Birdman? No, it's not a superhero oh, yeah. movie. It's a Broadway good. movie. <laughs> good. And it, the ending is terrible. Oh, damn it. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I was excited about Hugh Lowry. Like, I, I, yeah. was, I mean, look, again, Michael Keaton's great, but I'd already got my hopes up for Hugh Lowry, and didn't happen and then the the costume pictures came out and i was like oh that's i mean i guess black it's fine it's not what i would i would have gone with the old school but uh the hand oh i hated the hand we'll get into that <laughs> and then it gets even closer to release and it's like oh this will be pg-13 and i'm like okay well this will suck but i begrudgingly watched in the theater and uh it was like yeah wasn't great and uh on my second rewatch i've actually grown to loathe the movie so we'll get in i'll uh, explain later oh gee yeah oh geez rick it's rough anyway cast oh wait whoa, whoa, whoa real quick shout out samuel l jackson as pat novak and i'm keeping a tally because he's all over this Okay, and this it all over the hero cast. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. This is officially well. This is the tenth time <laughs> this man has popped up. 
I honestly would have thought it was more, but so uh, let's see. Hold on. What what episode is this? This is uh, Robocop. One twenty. One twenty two. One twenty three. Oh yeah, one twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You keep talking. I'm gonna try and do some live math on the air, which is always dangerous. Okay. Well, I'm gonna tell you his first appearance was Unbreakable. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then from there you gotta include the MCU movies. Uh, there was a couple of odd ones here and there as well. Um, Incredible Hulk isn't actually like listed on his IMDb and his, I want to say the Iron Man one is actually listed on IMDb, but it's listed as him being uncredited, but I, I've done the math. It's like, oh, this you got to count the post credit scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That's I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. He's uncredited, uncredited in Iron Man, but yeah, um, 10 appearances. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, he did good in this. Uh, he was fine. It, it was yeah. just the weird role was all. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out um, what percentage that is. Uh, yeah, that's I think I just do 123 divided by 10. Yeah. Maybe. Hold on. That doesn't sound right, but. Uh, I got you, dude. I got you, dude. Calm down. Calm math down. Is, so what you're going to do, you're going to multiply 10 by 100, and then you're going to take that 1,000, you're going to divide it by 123. This man has been in 8.13% of films on this podcast. That sounds about right. Yeah. And it will just keep going up. <laughs> it, yeah, it's only going to go up. I wonder if he will break the 10% bear. I'm sure he will maybe i mean here's the thing the problem is like especially like we looked at 2019 so many movies that year and he's not going to be in all of them so i mean it's mm. possible but we'll see and i wouldn't be too worried about it but it would be knows. funny if when this is all said and done if samuel L. jackson appeared in one out of every 10 movies we watched <laughs> that would be awesome yeah um but yeah he i mean he did he did good it's just a weird role they were trying to do the homage to the original news and yeah, I don't know. It got a little over the top with like, does the, does the government support crime? Huh? And it's like, even yeah. Bill O'Reilly, I don't think would ever go that far to make a wild accusation like that. And uh, maybe he would, but um, it just, I don't know. It came off like, we're just going to came off as like, we're going to use this to build plot – or sorry, not build plot. We're going to use this to um, explain uh, where we're at. He's effectively the narrator. Yeah. But uh, inst we're going to do that instead of actually, you know, showing you this. Yeah. But anyway, um, I guess we can – how about uh, Gary Oldman as Dr. – Oh, man, it's Dennett Norton? I put Bennett. Okay, anyway, Dr. <laughs> Dennett well, Norton. Well, you said Bennett because Bennett is a real name. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was honestly maybe the best person in this cast. I would agree. Probably the best performance we got. Yeah, I thought it, so. But 
here's the problem. It's not as good as any of the performances we got from him in the Batman movies. No, no, not at all. But no. Yeah, I would say he he did the best in this. Um, I like that he was conflicted at times about stuff that he you know had to do and forced to do. Yeah. Oh, um, like taking away uh, Murphy's dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Uh, I guess we can do uh, Michael Keaton as Raymond Sellers. You're no Dick Jones. No. He is not a Dick Jones. And that's the problem, is we are going to... Jesus Christ! Okay, first off, and this, this isn't a critique of Michael Keaton, so much as it's a critique of the film. Did you really have to spend 45 minutes? 45 minutes killing Murphy, explaining, like, you know, what Omnicorp has to do with this, that, and the other, and, like, how they're going to develop everything, and, you know, um, the politics of everything they've got going on. <laughs> and freaking Jay Baruchel talking about, well, you know, with uh, they want a human, and blah, 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 and hermer, hermer, and whatever, and who cares? I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's one of my criticisms of the movie is, look, if there was a real RoboCop in real life, yes, there would be a lot of red tape. I'm sure of it. Yes. I don't yeah. want to watch it. I don't care yeah. about the, uh, what was the name? The, um, oh, the, uh, the stupid act, the, uh, the Dreyfus Act. I don't care yeah. about the Dreyfus Act. I don't care yeah. about, oh, we need to get your, the, the wife's signature to approve the surgery. I don't care about him, um, his training. Like, yeah, who gives a shit about like how he responds in a simulation? Yeah, that was so boring. And it's like I think back to the original. It's like the first time RoboCop wakes up. Okay, fine. You want to do it a little bit differently? Okay, cool. He wakes up. He freaks out. Understandable. Then he runs out and he just collapses in a rice field. Like, what does the original RoboCop do? Yeah, he wakes up periodically during the couple months it takes to build him. But then he just wakes up, gets out of his chair, like gets a in a car, and then drives off because he's going to go solve crimes now. Yeah. And it's exactly. like this one. Oh, we got to train him. And it's like, I don't care about the training. I don't care about the marketing. I don't care what the, the focus group said. And like, and it's like an hour into the movie before we finally get going. And yeah. And his wife, too. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... I, I mean, it's, it's, the- his wife is hot, so that's cool. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't know. The inclusion of her, I guess, was something different. I kind of liked it, it in the I original that they what... didn't because it's like he really is dead and it's time it's to so, move on. It's so funny that, you know, I can think back to like two years ago or whenever we, we recorded. Over two years ago, actually, when we recorded the first RoboCop episode, and, um, episode nine. Yeah, and I remember being thinking like, well, you know, like you know, but they go into the backstory a little more and blah blah blah, and that was really cool. And upon rewatch, it's like no, it just kind of muddied the water, you know. It does, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And the fact, I guess we can get into the uh, the main event. Joel Kinnaman is Alex Murphy. I didn't even feel that big of a connection to him when he was Murphy. Like, he didn't really <laughs> what, do what, much what did you, for me. Hey, you, 
you said something in the group chat this morning. Oh, he was like more of a robot before he became RoboCop. Yes, right? yeah. Like yeah. I, I gathered that he's a cop. He's got a wife and a son, and he likes the Red Wings. Yeah. And that's really all I gathered from him. I mean, yeah, yeah I just, you know, I don't know. Also, I want to see Jay, Jay Baruchel doing blow, not talking about, like, analytics and focus groups, quite frankly. Yeah, that was a, uh, I don't know, he was get, fine and, in this. And then getting his knee kneecap shot by, I guess, would have been Jackie Earl. I, I suppose Jackie Earl Haley is the closest. You, well, no, there was the other guy whose name I can't remember right now, who was treated like a nothing. Well, that's... Louis yeah. Vuitton, whatever his name is. <laughs> it was uh, Andre... Or, um, no, it's... Uh, hold on. I'll, it was... Um, you're talking about Antoine Vallone? Yeah, the guy who had uh, Murph killed. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I mean... He's not even he's 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 an unlisted on Wikipedia. Yeah. Patrick he's a non- Garrow. Yeah. And um I mean you, what, you know what what's who even does, the point? Look, look, you know who doesn't definitely does not compete with Red Foreman? A non-linker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to just be like, well, we're just not going to have the mob the we have the uh you know the Omnicorp guy, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton as Raymond Sellers. You know that's the equivalent yeah. of uh, of Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, the president of OCP. Yeah, it's okay, and it's like you have, and then he's the OCP side. And then you have uh, Kurt Wood Smith as Clarence Boddicker, the uh, the 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 criminal guy. Yeah, and it's one thing, like they didn't even try. With that, it's like he has like one line in the movie, I think, where it's like shoot him in the face or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, what is even the point? Like, yeah, you took out the best part of the first movie and yeah. just eliminated the role altogether. I didn't hear any bitches leave. I didn't hear any casual racism. I didn't yeah. hear him about going to a Tigers game. Like, what's going on? Which reminds me. I didn't even notice this till I watched a little video on RoboCop today. And by the way, this was right after the Tigers went to the World Series. Come on. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. You wouldn't even know this is Detroit. like Other than the Red Wings, that's it. Yeah, the first movie, they they show Detroit in like... I mean, they, they reference it all the time, but they show yes. it in like this... Um, Oh gosh, what's that movie? Uh, Blade Runner type, uh, post-apocalyptic almost, and it looks yeah. really cool. This is just like, I don't know, it just could have been any city, and it just they didn't even really mention Detroit, other than when Michael Keaton's like, ah, look at this beautiful city. Anyway, Alex Murphy's dead. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the reason it doesn't look like Detroit is because it was filmed in Toronto. So, of course it was. Tax breaks, my guy. I mean, the original was filmed in Dallas, but like, it doesn't matter. It's a post-apocalyptic city, but 
uh, they mentioned it was Detroit many, many times. Yes, exactly. Maybe they should have like had like a Miguel uh, Cabrera cameo or something. I don't know. Maybe they could add a good movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, should we get into it? Uh, have we? I mean, is there anyone that we need to talk about on the cast that we haven't? No. I suppose we'll get started then. Well, as I mentioned, we open with Samuel L. Jackson making goofy noises. Yep. You know you're off to a good start when the first thing you see over the yep. Lionsgate logo is... Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I thought that was like a glitch with my DVD, or Blu-ray, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a um, like another preview for a kid's movie. Oh, yeah. But uh, actually, it's newsman Pat Novak who says, you know... Overseas, the military is using machines to keep the peace in the Middle East. And there's Ed 209s, <laughs> just these regular-looking droids. Mm-hmm. And they do all the work that soldiers used to do so that Americans, when they're, when we're at war, they don't lose lives. Yeah. Then we cut to an apartment where there's uh, some guys are strapping up with suicide bombs. And this is where the movie kind of fools you. It's like, oh, this is going to be intense. <laughs> and the bombers take out a couple of the machines, but overall they're taken out pretty easily. Yeah. And then one of the kids, this is the homage to, uh, you have 20 seconds to comply. He takes out like a kitchen knife. The Ed 209 sees the knife, recognizes this kid as a threat and shoots him. And then they pull the camera like, Oh, cut away, cut away. So that was the, uh, the, the homage to the original. And I will say a pretty good opening scene, but it's all downhill from here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Novak's back, and he's like, well, you know, we can't, why can't we do that here? And he talks about Raymond Sellers, the CEO of Omnicorp, asking him to bring robots to the U.S. I will say, um, this isn't the worst we've seen of Samuel L. Jackson. No. That honor goes to the spirit, but... Oh, God, this is a random Nazi. Yeah, Nazi regalia. (laughs) Well, then we cut to Alex Murphy, who's a cop in Detroit, who's going after this crime boss. And during the ordeal, Murphy's partner is shot, but he doesn't die. And back at the station, Murphy still wants to go after the guy. We see that Sellers is being interrogated by Congress about the Dreyfus Act, which bans machines from... Oh, also, uh, DPD is dirty. Yeah, that's the criminals are getting guns from uh, Detroit police. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the issue with the Congress is like, well, machines don't have feelings, so they could be a danger to the people. You know. So back at the Omnicore headquarters, Sellers says, well, what we need is we need a man in the machine. And Sellers and his people look at mostly paraplegics. We get this long scene of this dude who's like has no hands he's playing guitar and it's like yeah who is this guy get him off my screen i don't care yeah, who cares who cares <laughs> also one of them i'm 90 percent sure one of the guys the uh guy who gary oldman's like oh he's crazy was uh care or kerr smith from uh, charmed and dawson's creek oh. and final destination i'm pretty sure well back at Alex's house, after making love to his wife, his car alarm goes off, 
And when he tries to shut it off, the car blows up. And a wide shot. Yeah, sad. So we cut to Dr. Norton telling Alex's wife, Clara, like she has to agree to this program. His only chance at life, otherwise he'll be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He's blind in one eye, and he's deaf. And that's if he survives this operation. So, not a great life, even if he does survive. So, next thing we know, Alex is awoken from a dream, and he's in the RoboCop suit. Which, uh, other than the visor, I thought looked pretty good, but of course they're going to change it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, shout out Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah, that was when he was dancing. But uh, mm-hmm. So Alex freaks out, he storms out of this big office, and he runs past all these, uh, I don't know, Squid Ed. Game guards. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, Ed 209s as well. Yeah, there's just a bunch of people in pink uh, jumpsuits. But then he just yeah. collapses in a rice field because they're in China, which is where they're building them. Yes. Oh, yeah, they are in China. You're right. Yeah, but other than the visor, I thought it was like a decent upgrade, except the hand was so bad. I just thought it was a shitty version of the original. Yeah, kind of. I mean, here's the thing with the hand. and they, What kills me is they have a deleted scene, which I'll talk about, which they explain it. I don't know why they wouldn't yeah. have put it in here, because now it feels like, you know, well, they mentioned he cost uh, $6 billion to build. So it's like, okay, um... It just feels like a, a, a budget thing. Like, well, you know, we uh, this guy's so expensive. He's so damaged. And it's like, well, his hand is still perfectly fine. It's like, oh, wow, we could uh, we could use that. That'll cut down the cost. Yeah, they can yeah. Uh, can save about $500 million, uh on the hand. It's like, if you're building this suit, are you really going to bother to attach a freaking hand? Like, what is yeah. the hand? And again, they explain it in a deleted scene. I don't know why you wouldn't have left it in, because it's like a 30-second clip. Uh, yeah. It, it, I still, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it, the explanation makes sense, but I still wouldn't do it. But, uh, anyway. Um, Alex leaves the base. He, um, yeah, I mentioned he's in China. Um, they shut the suit down, and then they, he wakes up, and turns out all that's left is, like, they disassembled him. It's like, hey, look, you're really just a head and lungs and a brain <laughs> and his stupid hand. And Alex is like, oh, kill me. I don't want to live like this. And the doctor's like, well, you owe it to your family for a second chance. Yeah. And he's like, well, I never want to see myself like this ever again. And yeah. I'm like, I don't either because it looks stupid. So. Yeah, you owe it to the family. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. It does look stupid. Yeah, then they do some training with RoboCop. He's not as good as the normal drone trainer. Rorschach, Maddox. Um, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he drops a, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Very lame. Exactly. You're not an old man staring at titties. What What are you doing? Yeah, and Dr. Norton shows this to Sellers, and he's not happy. I love that he flew from China just to show him this video. Then he flies back. (laughs) But uh, he's not happy. He's like, well, RoboCop was slower than the robot. And he's like, what we need to do... It's what you wanted! Right, well, you want to change his brain to be more like a robot. Yeah. 
So this is where they decide, oh, and he needs a more tactical look. Make him black. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I guess. Why we got to bring race into it? I did like that his partner is like, well, now you're the right color. That was funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like Columbus police wear white shirts. Does it really matter? <laughs> they should be wearing navy blue. What the hell? Or just gray. Okay. Like, they even in the marketing, they showed, um, like, this is the one that prisoners really uh, responded to. And it's like, that's what he should look like. That photo right there. And then it's yeah. like, then they gave, like, here's what the kid's like. And he looked goofy with cop lights on him. But anyway, it's annoying that they even showed, like, this is what he should look like. Uh, anyway, there's another training exercise with the head trainer, Maddox. And a bunch of robots. And during this, we learn that the machine is actually in control of Alex. And Alex thinks he's doing it all, but he's just the machine acting for him. Yeah. Which is uh, not a bad concept. It's different in a good way. So naturally, oh, we're going to hey. scrap it in a few scenes. <laughs> I just had an outro idea. What, the Tin Man? The uh, No, no, not the Tin Man. I was going to say the uh, theme from Terminator 2. A dun, much better movie about robots. Dun, 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 dun. That one? Dun, 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 dun. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's a good idea. Well, Robocop passes the training and Sellers is happy because they basically found a loophole in the law which uh, would allow Robocop to be legal in the U.S. So Alex returns home. He sees his wife and son. Then he goes to the police station, tells his partner Jack, that they still need to go after the crime boss alone. And I wrote, by the way, the movie, including credits, is an hour 57 minutes. We are precisely yeah. 57 minutes into this movie as of now. So yeah. one hour left with credits. Yeah. And we haven't really seen the villain. I mean, we can surmise it's probably Michael Keaton. But we yeah. haven't seen the villain. The only action scene we've gotten is the training and the suicide bombers. So, not great. <laughs> and then at a celebration to welcome RoboCop, they first decide, well, you know what we should do is uh, download the police, the Detroit Police Department crime database to his brain right before this big uh, meet and greet. Yeah, why wouldn't they do that, like, the day before or something? Because they're stupid. And uh, his brain, his brain overloads, and he's freaking out over how many people need arrest in the city. And because, well, no, he's freaking out for because he just pulled up his own crime scene. Well, yeah, but he's all, he, during it. He's like, oh, there's 600 people that are on the run, and I feel like there'd be more than that in Detroit. But Probably. no offense, Detroit, it's gotten a lot better. I was just there, but yeah. you got a lot of crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so RoboCop is, uh, waiting for the press, so they force Dr. Norton to fix him, and this is where I mentioned, uh, yeah, the idea of Alex Murphy's the passenger, and the RoboCop is, takes over when it goes into battle mode. It's like, okay, that's a cool concept, who's really pulling the trigger type of deal, because that was the whole thing with the Congress, like, the machine c kills a kid, what does it feel? And it's like, nothing. Turning into, are you turning into a, a, are you turning into a robot yourself? Why? I was losing you there for, like, you were in out. Like, oh. It was in and out. No, it's just your crappy internet. No, but, this was on you this time. 
I'll bet not, but it recorded perfectly. Whatever. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it was a is a cool concept as far as you know who's in control. So they immediately, as I said, they're gonna take that away, <laughs> and he just becomes a regular robot, just like in the first movie. So, and then he ignores his wife and son when he walks by him. And he doesn't even yeah. shake hands with people. He just examines to see if they're a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then... He, one in the crowd. Yeah, he spots a guy wanted for murder in the crowd, which it's like, if you're wanted for murder, why are you showing up at a big police event, you idiot? Yeah. Yeah, What? what what's your deal? Yeah, he deserved to be caught then. So he arrests him. Agreed. And we cut to Pat Movak, who's super excited about RoboCop. And RoboCop takes to the streets and shuts down a drug lab. Alex's wife, Clara, tries to talk to him, but he ignores her. But later on his motorcycle, he looks at his son through cameras, because he can tap into any camera in the city. And he goes to see him, because he's like, oh, his emotions are emotional distraught and whatever. So the scientists determine he's overriding his system priorities. And RoboCop goes to his house, he examines the crime scene, and he tries to solve his own murder. Okay. Just like the original. Yeah. And then he determines Valone is responsible. So he goes on the hunt for him. He locates his hideout. We finally see Valone at the uh, hour 21 minute mark. Yes. (laughs) And uh, Valone's men load up on guns. He tells them to aim for the head. And... We get like a weird first person view and it's like in a different I don't know, camera type. I don't know. It's weird. And uh anyway, Robocup kills everyone, even Valone. What a great villain. <coughs> and then he scans for prints on the guns and finds two crooked cops who sold him the guns. But the person in charge of all of this whole ordeal was Karen Dean, the police chief. What a uh, big payoff. It's like, okay. <laughs> We've yeah. barely met Karen and Dean. Then, oh, by the way. Hey, by the way, for what it's worth, this is the last, the basically the first and last time we see Karen Dean. Yeah, she gives a briefing. Well, she yells at him at Murphy in the beginning of the movie. Then she gives a briefing, mm-hmm. and then that's it. But, yeah, and then she's like, she's like, don't do anything, Murphy. Don't blah, 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 blah. And then he gets shut down, and then we never see her again. Yeah. Well, he goes to arrest her, but he's shut down by Maddox. And then, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the next day we learn RoboCop is on ice, being repaired, and the Dreyfus Act is being overturned from a vote. And Clara mm-hmm. is on TV saying, Omnicore won't let me see Alex. Uh, the Dreyfus Act then becomes repealed, and Sellers tells Maddox to kill Robocop, because the only thing greater than a hero is a dead hero. I guess. And no, Sellers. Court... Yeah. Well, so... That didn't make sense to me, but whatever. Well, I guess it's like, um, he meant more dead than alive. I don't know. Ah, dead or alive, he's coming with me. Well, Sellers visits Clara and tells RoboCop he suffered a breakdown and they couldn't save him. 
Meanwhile, Dr. Norton wakes up RoboCop, who tells Alex he removed the chip so he can't be shut down again. And he gave him back his free will and all that crap. Yeah. So RoboCop goes after Sellers. Maddox sees him on the way and notifies Sellers. Sellers also decides to bring Clara back up from the lobby, because if she sees RoboCop, then they're dead. Even though thousands of people saw him driving in the road after Sellers got on TV to announce he was dead. Whatever. No, no, no. He said if uh, if he sees her, not if she sees him. No. Wait. No, I... that, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, anyway, thousands of people already saw RoboCop driving through the streets, but apparently if Clara sees it, then I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. yeah who cares? <laughs> Uh, so RoboCop, he crashes into the lobby. He's got to fight like three or four Ed 209s. It's hard to tell because the camera yeah. work is all really shaky. Yeah. And it just felt like they threw these guys in because it's like, oh yeah, remember him from the first movie? Yeah, remember Ed? Like, yeah, I remember him. And uh, one of them damn near killed RoboCop. And like three or four of these can't kill him. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. RoboCop does it. lose an arm, and he's badly damaged, but whatever. So Claire's on the roof with Sellers, and Sellers tells her that the robot part of your husband is malfunctioning, and he's coming to kill us. And Maddox goes to kill RoboCop. RoboCop can't shoot him because he's wearing a red bracelet, just basically yeah. like the... Uh, the level four or higher thing. Yeah, like a object classified objective, can't arrest senior... Uh, Officers yeah. from OCP. Yeah. Uh, so he can't uh, do anything to Maddox, but uh, Jack saves him, kills Maddox. Yeah. Not a cool death, just shoots him in the back. Shot him in the back, yeah. Like a coward. Yeah. So RoboCop finally makes it to the roof with Clara and his son and Sellers. RoboCop goes to arrest Sellers, but he can't because he's got the red bracelet on. And Sellers says, you can't do anything. You're just a robot. But, of course, Alex overrides the system and shoots and kills Sellers, who at the same time shoots him. But then back at the lab, Dr. Norton fixes Alex, and we go back to the proper gray suit, so at least they ended yeah. well. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know why. Why? They wanted to do a sequel. Oh, yeah. Well, they <laughs> thankfully didn't. Yeah. Uh, so Norton, yeah, he fixed Alex back to the gray suit. And one more update from Novak. Novak is upset that the Dreyfus Act was overturned by the president, and he thinks whistleblower Dr. Norton should be arrested. That MFR. Yeah. Uh, he's like, Dr. Norton's laptop was confiscated by the FBI, and he's doing crack on there, and they're not doing a thing about it. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> um... Seriously, though, can Joe, not Joe Biden, Hunter Biden just not record himself smoking crack? It's like every I mean, week, here's a new photo. Hey, hey, guys, by the way, Hunter Biden, he did crack. Yeah. Hey, you know. Hey, guys, I'm Hunter Biden, and this is smoke crack. Well, we all have our vices. Yeah, yeah, except, I mean, mine's junk food, <laughs> not not crack cocaine. <laughs> Um, I guess he's clean now. I hope. I suppose. Uh, 
And then he finishes by saying, you know, America's the greatest country in the history of the world. Roll credits. Yeah. But uh, we got some deleted scenes. Not. Oh, we did? Just a few. Hey, was there any was there any mid or post credits? No. Okay. So there's a uh, this was a weird. I don't even know why they filmed. They decided to do this uh, in the beginning when they interview a general who's like take tells him about the um, the the robots in the Middle East. Um, there's a le- deleted scene where the makeup team is prepping him. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one that they should have left in the movie, they explain the right hand because Sellers says, hey, uh, Norton, can you save the right hand? And he's like, uh, I think so. And he's like, yeah, do that. My dad always told me you could always tell a man, a lot by a man by his handshake. I'm like, okay, Rip- I still wouldn't what? have done it, but at least it's a reason. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, that is a thing. Like, don't go dead fish on someone's handshake, but still. Yeah, I guess they wanted to, like, you know, still make him human, like he's got a strong handshake, but... Yeah. I don't know why you don't include that in the movie. It's not a great reason, but at least they explained it. I suppose. Uh, Sellers is with the mayor. They're in a helicopter trying to convince him to add a Robocop, and he's like, forget about reducing by 10% crime. You'll have no crime. And then... (laughs) Here's... A deleted scene with Police Chief Dean where she tells Jack to take it easy. <laughs> it's like ten seconds. Like, what was the point of that? Hey, take it easy. Uh, and then Norton confesses to Dreyfus that he's manipulating Murphy. That could have been left in. That wasn't bad. Dreyfus was the congressman that uh, Novak had on and, like, cut off as he yeah. was talking. And he's like, well, can't argue with that. And then he just you know, cuts his feet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, that, that could have left that one in, but. Because uh, that was him being the whistleblower. That was him blowing the whistle, I guess. Yeah. But. Uh, like support? Yeah, there was a, uh, a cancelled sequel, but. Of course there was a cancelled sequel. Yeah, there's always a cancelled sequel. But apparently, there is a, a reboot coming up. Boo! That's going to. Ignore. It's gonna be a sequel to the first RoboCop, and ignore the three subsequent movies, which uh, pulling a, a Toxic Avenger, which is uh, you know a good strategy. But it got us thinking: Who do we yeah, cast no, well, as the next RoboCop? What's that now? I said it got us thinking: Who do we cast as the next RoboCop? My answer hasn't changed in two years. Well, what is it? John Cena. It's not bad. That's not I bad. Before, I even said that two years ago before he was Peacemaker. Like, yeah, it's John Cena. I don't remember who I said, but... Uh, Oliphant. The who? Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. Um, he's a little older now, so I'm yeah. going to go with uh, John Barenthal. Okay, the Punisher. Think, yeah. And um, I don't know if you did a villain. I picked a villain as well. I uh, I'm recasting Littlefoot. Oh, okay. As who? <laughs> uh, Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, you could do Shinsuke Nakamura as the uh, Japanese uh, robots, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, I, I think if you're going to do a sequel to the first one, I mean, I don't want to say pull a Superman Returns and just, like, redo the first movie and be like, it's a sequel, but it's really just the plot of the first movie. I'm not <laughs> saying do that, but, like, I feel like if you're going to do a reboot, or not a reboot, sorry, a sequel this late, you know, 30-some years later, it's like, you know what, it's okay to have a throwback to just the sadistic uh, mob villain. So if you wanted to do a guy and have him be just this uh, psychopath who is a crime boss, um, then why not get a guy who I'm currently watching do that and is great at it, Michael Imperioli, who was Christopher from The Sopranos, that guy... Make him the villain. Have him watch some Clarence Boddicker. But, you know, he could be... Look, Detroit has a... You know, the, you can have a Detroit Mafia. And he can be just as sadistic. And I think that would be great. It's a shame uh, James Gandolfini's no longer with us. That would have been... I mean, a, a no-brainer. But uh, I'll go with the next best thing. That would be Michael Imperioli as our as our villain. And um, he'll be inspired by Clarence Boddicker. Besides, I mean, I know it's a sequel, but, like, it's a major city with a lot of crime. Do you think there's only one crime boss in the city? No. So, there'd be others, and uh, here's the other one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Or you could just do a robot that does drugs. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a robot with a really bad coke problem. <laughs> robot Hunter Buck. Yes. All right. Yes. Book it. I'll have you know, my the guy who created me is really well connected. <laughs> I work for Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden runs the police. Yeah, it was really, it was really, uh, it, it was a shame that Jay Baruchel didn't do blow and then get his knees. <laughs> shot off stop it with someone saying bitches leave i rewatched that scene too and like, I, just, I love bitch, when he just yells stop it like bitches leave is like a top tier quote it is in the 123 movies we've reviewed it really is yeah and not just because of the misogyny like that's that that's one thing but it's like he's He's the worst villain. I mean, he's a total uh, sociopath. Uh, yeah. Racist. He's Yeah, he's racist. Does I, I don't know. Did he even... I don't know if he personally did drugs, but he's definitely sold them. Yeah. And uh, actually, he might be smart enough to not do drugs. The guy in number two did drugs. Don't get high on your own supply, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he would hit on women and just... Uh, he would swear... Um, but he did take his kid to Tiger game. Yeah, incredibly violent. Yeah. <laughs> but he loves the Detroit Tigers, you know. He does. He does, man. Um <laughs> found out he wore the glasses because they wanted him to look like um oh god, I can't remember his name. It was a Nazi general like Hans something or other. <laughs> Maybe Gruber, I don't know, but 
Wait, isn't Hans Gruber the bad guy from uh, Die Hard? <laughs> yes. Uh, it was like it was some Nazi that wore glasses, but uh, apparently uh, Kurtwood Smith thought it was just to make him look like inconspicuous. But I it, it works. Like it oddly works. Anyway, yeah. uh, that I wish I could watch that again. What do we give yeah. this movie? I'm going pretty low, but I'll let so, you start. So I'm gonna go relatively low, but like. I mean, there were there was potential here. There was potential, but it just got the water was so muddy, just so muddy, and the whole like, okay, giving RoboCop a backstory. If you want to do that, you do that on a TV show. You don't yeah. do that in a two-hour film. You know, you don't go through political red tape and the Dreyfus Act and you know, getting the man behind the machine and uh, in, within two hours, you do, you just don't. So I'm going to be very gracious, and I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. But I will Ooh. say, maybe just a little more memorable than Thor The Dark World? Um, perhaps. These were both... These. I don't know if we're going to go through the entire uh, list of movies and find two more forgettable movies than this. Like, I remembered yeah. Michael Keaton was the bad guy, whereas I yeah. didn't even remember about the Dark Elves in Thor. But... Yeah. I I completely forgot that he was... I completely forgot about Rorschach being in this. I completely forgot he made in China. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I said it at the top. I kind of hated this movie. Uh, it's nothing like the original, which is like, you know, the PG-13 was an issue. Um, the red tape. Um, what else was there? The ac- Oh, the action scenes were lame. It's just... Yes. around shooting people. Well, look, the, the, the fact that we weren't talking about the action scenes kind of tells you. Yeah, there's the one scene. I mean, the, the the suicide bombers wasn't bad, but it was quick. It was not even. It was maybe a minute. Um. Yeah. But it's like you had the training scene where it's just like it's a training scene. What much action is there there? Plus they're playing that weird yodeling song. Like, what is this? Um. So, um. Yeah, and then they do the one where he storms the base of uh, Valone, and it's like first person. It's like unless it's a Predator movie, I don't need to see first person. Yeah. Uh, so that sucked. Um, I feel like I had. Oh, and then the one interesting concept they introduced, where it's like, oh, this could be a different in a good way, where it's like, who's really piloting the RoboCop? Is it Alex or the machine? And it's yeah. like, one scene later. Like, oh, he's, the, his brain can't handle this database. Let's uh, eliminate what we just installed and do this instead. And it's like, okay, well, that concept is gone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's forgettable. Action sucked. Uh, I'm going to actually give it a two. Didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton was like the saving grace. Uh, Samuel Jackson, just because he's always so great and being over the top, but... His character was, I don't know, a little weird. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just like, God, I just want to watch the first one again. Yeah. But you, that you have not given a movie a two since Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, that was so boring. Yeah. <laughs> this was boring too, though. I mean, the first hour, but, there's not much to. It's just all this red tape. Yeah. And like I said, like the a, first movie, he just stands up from the chair and he's like, okay, time to go solve crimes. He didn't yeah. pass out in a rice field. 
Yeah, no, the most action you get in the first hour is Murphy getting killed. Yeah, and which even is an explosion. Like, it's him opening a car door, a wide, pardon me, it's a wide shot of him opening a car door and then an explosion, a small explosion. Yeah, which they also ruined because they, I forgot to mention, they showed uh, someone putting the bomb on the car. Yeah. So it's like, wouldn't it at least be more interesting if, like, he's like, oh, what's going on? You're like, oh. Why is this car going off? Something's about to happen, and you wouldn't expect yeah. it to blow up. And then yeah. it's like, oh, of course that happens. And yeah, I don't know. The wife and kids inclusion was—I don't know. It was. They tried something. It, I just. Look, I, here's the thing. I remember, and we said, I said earlier, you know, I thought, you know, going back two years ago, I thought like, oh, well, you know, it expanded on like his, you know, past or you know his past life with his wife and kid, and. Whatever, and then I, apparently I forgot. Like, oh no, that was just kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> like, oh, I, I he's actually your son, likes the Red Wings, and he's um, going through PTSD because he saw his dad shoot someone. Yeah, I, I looking back, I actually grown to appreciate the scene where RoboCop's like walking through his house, and he's getting his memory back of his wife, and they're like getting ready for Halloween. And uh, his wife again. This is good. This is a good use of first person because this is how it would be. But he's like, um, you know, seeing his son dress up as the devil, and then his wife in like kisses him, and the house is for sale, and it looks like people have squatted in there and trashed it too, which is kind of adds to the charm of the film. But uh, it kind of makes me appreciate it more when it's like, yeah. You're dead, and they've moved on. They said there's nothing left for us in this city. We're leaving. And in the first movie, like Alex Murphy, it's not common knowledge that he's RoboCop. Like even his partner didn't know until she walked up to him and stared at him real close, like hey, Murphy. And then it like freaked him out. But um, yeah. And then the other criminal, he's like, "No, you're dead. We killed you." And then he's piecing together his memory. Whereas this, it's like, yeah, I'm Alex Murphy. I know that. Um, yeah. God, first one, it just, this makes you appreciate the first one more. I'm going to retroactively bump it up to a nine. <laughs> <laughs> it was an eight and a half. Now it's a nine. Everybody update your, everybody update your spreadsheet accordingly. That's what, that's yes. how bad this movie was. Yeah, it made well, me, it made me go back and switch a, a grade of a movie that we did two years ago. We'll record new audio as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've saved it. It's happened. It's done. I didn't appreciate. Like, it was an eight and a half. Now it's a nine. There you go. And uh, I hope at least one of the listeners will be like, Caleb sounds suddenly skinnier. What the hell? <laughs> I just, I'm imagining one person like going back at his spreadsheet. Like, ah, oh, where did I put that one? <laughs> oh my god! I got They've done 123 episodes, and now they're re- reactively grading stuff. What the hell? Anyway, 2013 sucked. 2014, like, we Wait. just can't get... We're in a new year, but we can't get away from the bad movies. But thankfully... Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are now. Finally. What a, what week, a hellacious folks. stretch that was. Yes. Guys, fire up Disney+. Plus. Have this watched before this next episode drops. Because we will be reviewing Captain America, the Winter Soldier, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be watching She-Hulk tonight. I hear it's really good. So, really? Yeah. I've heard the CGI is trash, but... Well, that's true of all the Disney Plus shows. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think 
Uh, I'm going to defend them. Not Disney. I think the special effects studio that's doing this is like, holy crap, you're really overwhelming us. And Disney's like, don't care, make more. And they're like, okay, but it's going to be a little subpar. So I think that's the situation. But, mm. uh, you know, I, yeah, I'll live with it. As long as it's not how it looks when she inevitably is in the movie, The Secret Wars or... Kang's Conquerors or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, thank God we're done with 2013 and January of 2014. <laughs> February. But either way. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, folks, next week. And we're going to have a guest, and I have to remember, because I've had like four different people ask to come on the Winter Soldier. Like, that's how good of a film it is. Um, but we got but Chris Evans. We did. We yeah. did. I wanted Sebastian Stan, but Chris Evans insisted. Um, no, we can't say no to Cap. No, exactly. Exactly. Who do we think we are? The NFL? Ha! <laughs> anyway. That's pretty good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, man. So, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, join us next week. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I'm going to quote Alex Murphy, who, believe it or not, did actually use this line. Oh, by the way, the context of this made no sense. But yes, yeah. he did say it. Yeah, but he did say, <laughs> dead or alive, you're coming with me. Happiness is far